This is Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks, and welcome to my podcast series, The Voice of Leadership. Hi, it's Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks, your host for The Voice of Leadership and Dr. Karen Speaks Leadership. And today, I want to talk to you about one of my favorite rhythm and blues groups of all time. And the R&B sensations I'm referring to are the Dells. And some of you probably have never even heard of them. However, they had a long run. The Dells started out as a doo-wop group back in the era of the 1950s. And when I think about doo-wop, I think about these all-male groups standing on the street corner under the street light, singing powerful harmonies, romantic songs for the most part. The Dells are a group that spanned about 60 years in the marketplace, and they had essentially the same members for almost about 50 years of their time. The group started in 1952 when Johnny Funches began the group in high school with some of his high school mates. And this was in Harvey, Illinois, Thornton High School. And in 1952, the group was originally called the L Rays. And later they were renamed and called the Dells in 1955. And until John E. Carter, one of their major members, died in 2009, from all that long way back time, probably starting in about 1958 or so, up until 2009, they had essentially the same members. They also really ended the era of singing. That era ended in about 2012 when their lead singer, Marvin Jr., also died. So this group spanned over many, many decades. They had hits in five decades, 46 R&B hits from 1956 through 1992. And that's a long time for any group to be in existence. So we're going to talk about them, see what it was that caused them to last so long, what was their secret sauce, and we'll apply that to the business context as well. Their first hit came in 1956, and that's the song, Oh, What a Night. They remade it later, approximately around 1969. And I'll tell you, if you listen to Oh, What a Night today, it is still a phenomenal and a great song. This song made it in the top five on the R&B charts, and it was third only behind Fats Domino, with Blueberry Hill and Elvis Presley with Don't Be Cruel. That was in 1956 when they had their first big hit, Oh, What a Night. It sold more than a million copies. That song was co-written by Johnny Funches, who was the original starter of this group, and also Marvin Jr., who later became one of the, the lead singers as well. 
my favorite song of the group of all time came out in 1965 and that song is stay in my corner they also remade that in approximately 1967 time frame for one of their albums stay in my corner made it to the top 30 and it was a single that was the first single that was a long recording because back in the day songs were about two to three minutes long stay in my corner was over six minutes long and it was the first long running single like that that made it into more than a million copies later they even had a more extended version over seven minutes long for one of their albums in 1973 they had another hit song, which was Give Your Baby a Standing Ovation. That was also a million-dollar hit. And then in 1991, their hit song was The Heart is a House for Love. And this was part of a music score for the Five Heartbeats movie. Their most successful album of all time that made it to the top 10 was the album called There Is. It was top 10 on the pop charts, and it topped out on the R&B charts. And this is the album where they had the long version remake of Stay in My Corner. Additional top albums of the group included in 1968, Always Together. And that also was a fabulous single of the group, Always Together. And the 1969 album, Love is Blue. 1978, ABC, and 1980, I Touched a Dream. And that was really the last hit album they had was in about 1980. In 2004, they were inducted into both the Vocal Group and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They have many other song credits, and some of you may never have heard of these songs, but songs such as why do you have to go? Baby, I need you. Dance, dance, dance. Cubop, shibop, pain in my heart. Time makes you change. Jeepers, creepers, swinging teens. Hold on to what you've got. After you, every day I have the blues. Various different songs along the way. And it takes me back to sort of remember them and to think about what it was like back in the 60s, the early 60s when they were singing these songs and of course they were singing songs in the 50s too as well the group was known for what they referred to others referred to as their hypnotic sound and they got the moniker the mighty dells and they're known also as the grandfathers of the r and b harmony type music their signature in the marketplace was the soulful lead voice of marvin jr mixed with the wonderful falsetto tenor of their first tenor lead. And that was Johnny Carter who did the tenor lead. And that combination together was very powerful. It was very unique and it was very different. And very few, I can't even think of any right now, doo-wop groups managed to emerge out of the 50s and then continue on into the 2000s. That's highly unheard of in the music industry. Now, this group 
as we know with anybody who's around for any length of time, you're going to run into some hardships. I want to mention just a couple of them. An early hardship the group had occurred in 1958 when their uh, tour bus got into a serious accident. And this accident was so severe, they really could have lost their lives. Marvin Jr., who was the soulful lead at the time, his larynx was lacerated. And his voice was changed forever after that accident, although he continued to sing powerful leads for the group. Another group member, Michael McGill, he badly injured his leg. The injuries were so severe with the group that they had to stop singing in order to recover. In the interim, one of the band members, Charles Barksdale, went on to sing for the Moon Glows. And at the time, the Moon Glows included the now late, great Marvin Gaye. And of course, he returned, Barksdale returned to the Dells after the group members recovered. Another crisis that happened with the group was in 2008, when in at Universal, there was a big fire and a lot of their music was actually destroyed and was lost during that big fire. And what I want to say about them is despite any kind of challenges that happened, the time of illness, they weathered all of those storms and continued to stay in existence and continue to make music even through those hardships. They also had some new opportunities along the way. And I want to mention some of these because it took a little vision and foresight to take advantage of these opportunities. In 1961, and this is shortly after the group came back and recovered from the injuries that they had because it kind of started back up in about 1960. And that's when John E. Carter replaced Johnny Funches, who was the original leader and starter of the group. When they started back singing in 1960, they had an opportunity in 61 to start singing as the opening act and also as the backup singers for the phenomenal Dinah Washington. And Dinah Washington was an amazing singer, kind of like a jazz R&B sort of flavored singer at the time. So they had to learn to sing jazz harmony in order to work with her. It was at that time they worked with a vocal coach, Kirk Stewart, who helped them to learn that genre of music. They toured with Dinah Washington, who was really very well known. And at the top of her game during those years, they toured with her for about two years. During that time, they did record four jazz singles, but none of those singles were ever successful. So in 1964, they went back to their signature music, which was R&B. Later on in 1966, they had an opportunity to be the opening act and also backup vocalist for a period of time with Ray Charles. And this was phenomenal because with Ray Charles, they got national exposure. And rumor has it that after the Dells became so popular with national audiences, because people loved hearing them, Ray Charles wasn't too happy to have them as the opening act because the opening act is only supposed to be the appetizer and in those cases, I'm sure the audience thought they had a double header. They had the Dells and they also had Ray Charles, two really a great different sets of talent at the time. 
So they took advantage of those opportunities to learn from Dinah Washington, to also learn from Ray Charles, and to extend their visibility through those bigger uh, platforms. Then fast forward a number of years. In the 1980s, they weren't overly popular in the 1980s. Most people probably would not have heard of them or would have known of them at that time. However, they had a little resurgence in 1991 because they were asked to do the song for the soundtrack of the Five Heartbeats movie, which was really essentially the story of groups like them from the 50s and the 60s. So the Heartbeats movie produced their song, which was a hit single, The Heart is a House for Love. Robert Townsend was the creative consultant who worked with them for that movie and also incorporating their hit single. So I've been naming a number of people in the Dells band, and I want to name them a little bit more formally now so you know who was a part of this group. I'll start with Johnny Funches because he was the lead and the original organizer of the group. He also co-wrote their first hit song, Oh, What a Night. He was with the group from 1952 to 1958, and he left to be with his family. He wanted to spend more time with his family rather than to be on the road touring and making records. And maybe that was a good decision in his case because he ended up having a relatively short life. He died in 1998 at 62 years old of pneumonia. A second person who spent a short time with the group was Lucius McGill. He was in the original startup of the group, and they had some up and down times at the beginning. And when some of the songs weren't making it and it didn't seem like the group was going to survive, Lucius McGill decided, oh, I guess I'll have better things to do. So he actually left the group early on in the beginning. Now, the next five members that I will mention, these are the ones who went the distance with the group from the late 50s right on up until they either died or until the group really stopped singing together in about 2012, at least in this configuration. So Johnny Carter, also known as Dolomite the Sex Machine, he was the first tenor who replaced Johnny Funches, and his tenor voice is amazing. He sang falsettos, and he was the one who sang alongside Marvin Jr. So the two of them together were really a powerhouse in terms of the lead vocals. John E. Carter died in 2009. He was 75 years old. He died of lung cancer. And when he died, that was truly the end of these five men together as an entity and as a group that really epitomized the sound of the Dells. So that was the end of their 50-year reign with the same members. Now, Johnny Carter was also with the Flamingos, and he is one of only a few people to be in the Hall of Fame with two different groups. So in 2001, he was in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame with the Flamingos, and then in 2004, in the Hall of Fame with the Dells. And the Dells, of course, were there for the vocal group as well as the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. The next person I'll mention is uh, Marvin Jr. himself, also known as Two Tons of Fun. 
And he was uh, the soulful lead of the group. And he was the co-writer on the hit, Oh, What a Night. So he and Johnny Funches collaborated together on that in 1956. Now, Marvin Jr. ended up having an illness in 2012, and he died in 2013 at the age of 77 with kidney failure and a weak heart. And the group really now, having lost its two lead singers, the first tenor, and then now the sole lead, that ended the group as we know it in terms of how they sounded over the years. Another member was Vern Allison. He was the second tenor, and he was known as Iceberg Slim. And then there was Charles Barksdale. He was the base of the group and was referred to as Personality Plus. Charles Barksdale referred to himself as a need singer, meaning that even though he was technically the bass, he could sing lead, he could sing baritone, he could sing bass, Whatever the group needed, he could do. He also had strong executive skills, business management, and strategic planning. He died in 2019 at the age of 84. And then the last band member I'll mention is Michael McGill, who was the baritone, and his nickname was Michael the Lover. And as far as I know, at this time and at this recording, Vern Allison and Michael McGill are the only two members of the Dells that are still living. So here's what I would like to say about this iconic group when I think about their success formula and what they did over the years to make a difference. What were their keys to longevity that made them unique from the other doo-wop groups that didn't go all the way from the 50s up into the 2000s? Number one, they had very strong friendships that lasted over the decades. Remember, this was a group that started out in high school in Illinois. And it just points up the importance of long-term relationships. And that's also true in business. We have new opportunities because of our relationships. And when we're working together, we are honing our craft together because of the relationships. Very rarely does anything great in terms of business, new products, and creations happen with just one person alone. It typically is a team effort, a group effort, for sure. So the strong friendships, strong relationships, that was number one. Number two, they took advantage of new opportunities and new opportunities to grow in different directions, to learn new skills, to be exposed to new platforms. And that would certainly be the case when they teamed up with Dinah Washington, when they teamed up with Ray Charles, and then when they did the hit single for the movie, the five heartbeats. They also learned from these high-end collaborators. Donna Washington, you couldn't match her back in the day. And then there was also Ray Charles. These were heavy hitters in the music industry. They learned from their high-end collaborators as they took advantage of the new opportunities. Same thing's true in business. There are people you might collaborate with, people you might partner with, and some of those people might even technically be considered competitors. However, you can learn from each other, 
And as the Bible says, iron sharpens iron. So you could begin to sharpen one another as well. Number three, they also benefited from good producers, coaches, mentors, and consultants along the way. When they were with Donna Washington, they had to learn how to sing jazz. That required having a vocal specialist come in to teach them that. When they were doing the movie score, they had to learn some new skills. And again, someone came in to help them. So they weren't afraid to benefit from outside resources such as producers, coaches, mentors, and consultants. And in business, there will be many things that you don't know on your own, and you will have to get some coaches, mentors, and consultants along the way in order to do the new things that you want to experiment with. Number four, I would say they continue to use their creative advantage. And we've already mentioned in their case, their creative advantage was the soulful lead of Marvin Jr. and the falsetto tenor of John E. Carter. That was just amazing. That combination, that's what made them unique in the marketplace. And though they branched out and had forays in other directions, they came back to home base and to what made them distinctive in the marketplace as well. And when you would hear the Dells, that's what you would listen for, is that combination of those two together. And number five, I would say that they kept at it through hardships, and they kept producing and creating even during those difficult times. And you don't know in advance what's going to really hit. So you try a lot of things, you persevere, you keep at it. And ultimately, something that you're doing because you're committed to your craft and you're continuing to work it out decade over decade, you will find that there will be hits along the way. And so this group, the Dells, had hits in five different decades. And some time ago when I was talking about the Rolling Stones, They were another group who had hits in five different decades. So that's hard to do. And yet that's something that they did. It was a claim to fame. So to all of you business leaders out there who are on the front lines for God and doing your work as unto them, I leave you with this Bible verse today, which is Galatians, the sixth chapter and verse nine. And it says, and let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. So no matter what happens, no matter what's going on, you will reap in due season. So continue to do good. Continue to use your gifts and talents that God has given you. Continue to cultivate the relationships that make a difference for you in your life and at work. Thank you for joining me today, and I will see you next time. And when you have a chance, check out The Mighty Dells. Hello, this is Dr. Karen, and I want to tell you about my book, Lead Yourself First, The Senior Leader's Guide to Engaging Your People for Greater Performance and Impact. This book is about playing the music that only you can play. Leadership is about more than following clever techniques. You are the instrument of your leadership. 
people are inspired by you and how you show up. In chapter three of the book, which is called Forge Your Own Pathway, I share many experiences of creating a pathway forward when a pathway didn't exist beforehand. Sometimes that path is created through service, such as a time that I was taking a train every week from Wiesbaden to Frankfurt, Germany to volunteer and the Army Hospital, the 97th General, and I was volunteering once a week as a psychologist. Little did I know that this volunteer job would later become a full-time employment opportunity for me. Because of the volunteer service, I was in the right place at the right time when the doors opened up. The metaphor that I often use for creating opportunities is the ability to see possibilities where none are visible. And I call this creating blizzard food. So just imagine, just like in Colorado, this could happen at any time. There might be a raging blizzard outside. You haven't gone to the grocery store yet. There's no obvious food in the refrigerator or the pantry. Yet, if you look hard enough, there is hidden food and you can use it to create delicious meals for you and also your guests. So I encourage you, get your own copy of Lead Yourself First. Forge your own pathway forward. Create your own opportunities. Be the instrument of your leadership and create some delicious blizzard food. You've been listening to The Voice of Leadership with me, Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks. And I want to give a special thanks to jazz saxophonist Ron McMillan for granting us permission to use his gifted music on our show. Thanks for listening. And remember to go to my website, transleadership.com, for more strategies, insights, and leadership resources.